the irony of me saying I'm a runner. I like to run away from my problems. It's the only cardio I do. It's not, <laughs> not actually running. <laughs> Looks like you've officially entered the group chat with your best friends. My name is Ali Paducci, and this is the Unfiltered Podcast, the place where we leave the heavily filtered world of social media to talk about anything and everything uncensored. From personal wellness to entrepreneurship, spirituality, sex, surviving breakups, and hilarious stories in between, join me as I navigate adulthood with real, unfiltered conversations. Happy Tuesday, my honeys. We have a juicy episode this week because we're talking about some of my favorite things, such as building a badass brand, female entrepreneurship, building your empire, and we're celebrating other badass females, one of which I get to hang out with for today's episode, Cleo de la Llave. Guys, <laughs> where do I even start with how amazing she is? Cleo started her first company, Bouge Media, in 2009 when using social media and content marketing for business was a novel concept. She initially saw an opportunity to aid businesses wanting to reach their customers on these new social platforms, and since then, the company has grown to be one of the most respected boutique digital agencies in Western Canada. She also dipped into talent and influencer management and onboarded one of her first clients. You might have heard the name, Caitlin Bristow, former lead of ABC's The Bachelorette. Cleo and Caitlin co-founded hair accessory brand Duedit and wine label Spade and Sparrows. Since the nature of Cleo's work included a lot of travel, she became hooked on the powerfully simplistic medium of podcasts. And she and longtime friend Nadine have since co-founded podcast agency Podcast Nation. With a presence in LA and Vancouver, Podcast Nation is a full-service production, sales, marketing, distribution, and management agency with an exciting roster of chart-topping comedy, culture, and lifestyle podcasts. Yes, we're talking about Cleo here, one woman who has the same amount of hours in her day as Beyonce and as each of us, and I think she's just such an amazing person that you guys are going to get a lot of from this conversation. So thank you so much for tuning into this week. If you have any questions about anything we spoke about, get in touch with me, get in touch with Cleo. And like I bug you about every freaking week, head over to our Instagram page, tap the link in our bio and join the girls only Facebook group. This is the place for you guys to connect with other badass like-minded women from all around the world. So without further ado, Let's start this week's hangout with Cleo. Okay, so did you fill out this podcast form or did you have someone on your team do it? Oh, shoot. I uh, I think Aileen might have done it. What, is there... It is so funny. There's this one part, <laughs> okay. There's this one part on it where it's like, please list three to five things you love jamming on, like topics to speak on. And she listed five songs. And I was howling. I'm like, these are the best songs. I guess she's oh. like jamming as in like dancing. Oh my God. Okay. Yes. No. So I did pick those songs. <laughs> she asked me. <laughs> wait, but wait, the prayer. what is it supposed to be instead of like actually like brainstorming? Like three things, three to five things you like talking on, like on podcasts. Like, but when I saw the prayer by Celine Dion and Andrea Bocelli, <laughs> I was crying because I used to play the flute. And I oh. used to kill that song on the flute. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Celine, she's my girl. 
it made me so happy. I was laughing so hard. I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you meant to say three things to talk about. Yeah. Like some of the things you love talking about. Have you ever read Big Magic? No, I haven't, but I've heard it so okay. good. A few years ago, I was training for a marathon. Um, it was the worst day oh. of my life. I actually oh. don't recommend that anyone ever. <laughs> a full marathon? A full marathon. It was honestly wow. the worst day of my life. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I promise like, you. I put it on like, there was the day that my ex broke up with me and that was like devastating. And the marathon is like up there, up there with it. <laughs> of, like, of bad days. <laughs> Um, if you had to pick which one was worse, which one would you pick? I don't know. In hindsight, now that I've like overcome both of them, I kind of see them in the, at the same level, like equal amounts of heartbreak and like agony and pain. <laughs> oh my God, that's right. <laughs> um, but when I was training for the, the marathon, I went through this phase where I was listening to audiobooks, And at the time I heard so many people raving about big magic. So I thought, okay, let me, let me put it on. And it's actually really cool. I think you would probably like it because you work in the creative field as well. But she did this really massive emphasis on people struggling so much to find their passion. It's like people will literally die figuring, like going through life, figuring out what their passion is. And they hop from one thing to another because they're so dead set on like, I don't have purpose unless I figure out what that is. And one of the biggest takeaways I got from the book was that she encouraged people that instead of being so focused on finding what you were passionate about to actually start playing with things that made you curious and start to dabble. So if you were curious about painting, you were curious about taking photos, you were curious about doing whatever it was, you would just lean into those and play without expectation. And then who knows, one of those things might become your passion and it doesn't have to necessarily be like your moneymaker. So I kind of want to talk a little bit about that today because you don't have one business, you have multiple businesses and they're all so different. And some of them are with your friends and like clients who are business partners. Was that something you always knew you wanted to do or how did you fall into growing those businesses? That's, yeah, that's a good question. And I actually, I do need to read that book because it sounds so interesting. And, and on the passion note, I think that I've even questioned like, what is my real passion? And a lot of mm -hmm. it, I find that I'm trying to find passions outside of work. And mm -hmm. I'm like, I, I don't have that one passion where it's like running or surfing or skiing. It's like, definitely I, I not running. Like, <laughs> no, definitely, it's definitely not running. <laughs> it's not yours either. <laughs> but I think for me, I think it's just like, sometimes you don't look at what's right in front of me and someone told me and they're like it's for you like you're passionate about your work so I think like I wasn't looking at it so whether it's like being curious about um you know the things that you want to learn more about mm -hmm. or looking right in front of you and trying to acknowledge like what is it that ignites you and what ignites that fire mm -hmm. I got lucky because I feel like I just I fell into it I I found it quite naturally and I was I need to love what I do so I think naturally I just really leaned into that and um and then wow now I really can't remember the actual question <laughs> I got excited about when you're talking about passion too. Like, I've been there I'm like what is my passion yeah but falling into your business is kind of just that I feel like I relate to your story on a lot of levels especially going back to I'll let I won't cut too much into your story but how you started Boosh Media because when, when I was reading about it 
we kind of got into social media around the same time when Instagram wasn't like social media wasn't really part of digital marketing strategies for brands. Like, yes, there were digital advertising advertisements and, but it wasn't, you know, there was AdWords and pay-per-click and all, all that good stuff, but social media wasn't a thing. No. And I guess like the more and more I started dabbling in it, because that's how I got my first job. You can go to school for social media. The next thing you know, I was like building a community team and running social for an entire company. Yeah. All because I played around on my account, but it was just something I was curious about. And then I was like, damn, this is actually really fun. Exactly. And you figured out what you enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. And I think that it, it, it never hurts to do that. Like I, learning and and really expanding your knowledge in whatever it is, I think is so satisfying. And that's when you really find those triggers of what makes you happy. Um, but yeah, I remember social media wasn't, it, it wasn't a thing when I started Bouge Media for Companies. And the first year I remember meetings were all about teaching what social media was and how it could affect their business and not so much direct comparisons of what it would do for that one specific company. It was, it was more like, social media 101. Yeah. Can we just like pause and reminisce on the good days for a second when you knew if you posted exactly at like 7:30 with five hashtags your picture would just like blow up and you would gain followers? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. There's such an advantage to being amongst the first in whatever the next wave is. Mm -hmm. And so I remember at first it was bloggers and then so people, you know, would create their blogs and then from there like Instagram wasn't even around. It was no. Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn. And then after that there was Instagram, so those who adapted quickly and got their account and their blogs on Instagram, like there's such an advantage. Like you were saying it was all about hashtags and you could grow so much faster. Whereas like now, obviously the space is so saturated, but it's interesting because there's always new platforms coming out. Now I'm like, is Twitch the next thing? Is, you know, mm -hmm. TikTok, is it going to be around? So you just have to have the patience to really try it all out and see what works. Yeah, totally. And what does Bouge focus on doing? Is it mostly on the branding side and web dev? Or are you doing like full service creative branding? Yeah, I would say full service creative, um, from branding to creating the website, I think a big one is content creation mm -hmm. because it is really hard, especially for small businesses to keep up with the amount of content that they need for social media. It's so overwhelming. And then, so it's helping with, you know, caption writing um, and doing some advertising. So advertising strategies. So really kind of where, where they need help on the digital front. And mm -hmm. then, um, and then we try to keep that niche. So anything like SEM or, that like we we will just pass on to some yeah some referrals that are good in the space but we really mm -hmm. like to focus more on the creative component of digital marketing amazing so you start bouge in like 2009 yes yes good job and then you're at the mercy of your clients yeah. <laughs> in it's a creative agency which is like absolute chaos yeah and then you're like let me start another business <laughs> <laughs> it's cool I clearly have some major ADD. <laughs> like, why can't I just focus on one thing? Sometimes I wonder, I'm like, where could I bring one company? If I could just focus on one. <laughs> that's okay. It's that's actually, I, that wasn't a jab at you. That was like, I'm, a, I'm amazed by this. So 
No, it's interesting. There's just different aspects. And I think at the end of the day, like they all really play off of each other. And I I really have learned so much from starting every single business. Mm -hmm. And it's unbelievable how much of it I can apply it to the other businesses. So it, Mm -hmm. it has been um, an amazing journey, but I definitely, definitely wonder sometimes, like if I could just focus on one <laughs> business, I, I would be curious to see where, it, where it would be right now. Yeah. But also that's the cool part about being a visionary. I think sometimes too, when you start to, there's obviously a pattern, you have an idea, you can see it through and you can, you can develop something like mm-hmm. that's a strength in itself. And some people have the, the ability to like you do to see it and then execute it and build it. There's, I feel like when you're creative, but you have that bit of a business background, you can start to juggle quite a bit and then you can hire people to, you yeah, know, help. Absolutely. Build it out. Yeah. Like hiring people. I, there's no way I'd be able to do any of this without an incredible team. And that's where you put the right systems in place mm-hmm. and it becomes easier as you know as I started new company like all of that becomes easier and easier but I think that the one thing I would really recommend anyone listening that has an idea is it, I, I talk to so many people that have incredible ideas and that have so much potential but the biggest thing that stopping it is the, the execution piece and people mm-hmm. just stop themselves mm-hmm. so even like the biggest thing is if you can if you can set yourself up to create a platform that you can do proof of concept, Mm -hmm. then you can make your own decision whether you think you should, you know, pursue it or not. But at that point, you you have already created something that you've put out there because why not? Yeah. And owning- Be a side hustle. It doesn't have to be your full-time job. It can be a side hustle. Totally. I think some people think that when they're starting up brands or they're starting an idea that they have to be able to do everything. And I think that's where some people fall short because unless you realize that you are your number one, like your biggest hurdle at the beginning, you're not, a lot of people will just stop once they hit that. But Mm -hmm. if you have an idea and your, your zone of genius is ideation, then it's okay to figure out, okay, well, what do I need to do next? Who's going to help me build it? You don't have to be the master of everything. For and sure. it's likely no. if you try to be, it's going to be your biggest thing that's going to stop you from growing. Yeah, because no one can do it all. And most people are getting help, you know, with people with different skill sets. Totally. One interesting piece though, and I don't know if you have found this, but in the last year, COVID has really changed I would say people's expectations. Like, I think we got to a point that where everything had to be perfect. Everything had to be best quality, mm-hmm. you know? And even before COVID, I feel like people were starting to get sick of that and be like, this isn't reality. Like this isn't mm-hmm. real life. And and I've noticed it firsthand that people are really craving that content that's just more real or like, this is what they look like. They're not always dressed up and full face mm-hmm. of makeup and hair done. And so that even comes in terms of like content creation, whether it's photography or videography, like, I feel like this is the year to start something, test things out, learn new things. And once you feel like you, you've grown and you need to pass it on, then you hire someone who is, that is their expertise. Totally. And, and just like continuing on that, that school of thought, it's so good to see more vulnerability and realness in the space of social media because it's also painted such a toxic culture for entrepreneurs. Yeah. I talked about it in one of my other episodes, but 
that whole idea of like hustle culture, busy culture, like wake up, like rise and grind, 5.30 wake ups. Entrepreneurs are only successful if they do this. And there's this culture that the internet has portrayed that if you're going to be an entrepreneur, you have to do all those things in order to be successful. And it's been really cool to see the world stop for a second well, nine months, but <laughs> stop. Like, stop. A long yeah, a very long pause. <laughs> and realize, hey, we're still here. Businesses are still running. And we we've yeah, we've had to pivot. But at the same time, there was just this culture of like you're always accessible. Like, do you remember when you could leave work and you didn't have your phone on your like your email on your phone? And when oh done it was done and that you didn't see it until you opened your computer the next morning and companies still survived yet we've made ourselves so accessible and it's like I even have that problem I have to talk to myself all the time because I'll, I'll see a text go off and I'll be like on my peloton and like a client will text me and I'll be like oh shit I need to respond right now oh I'm so it's, guilty of that so it's guilty. the worst yeah and you feel like you you are available 24 seven, but mm -hmm. I think, and I think that's where COVID will have been good for, for a lot of people's like mental space and balance. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that even for me, like personally, like a couple years ago, I just decided I'm like, I, for me, like my happiness is more important than being connected 24 seven. And then I'm not recharging. I'm not being the best version of myself. Mm -hmm. And that text can wait, whether it's an hour or until the, the morning, you also have the power to set those expectations. And totally. you're the only one who can do that. And people don't realize that. I always try and compare it to me walking into an every, like everyday service. Like imagine I emailed my doctor and I just sat there like waiting <laughs> for like an instant response or like calls. It's like, no, we'll get back to you when we get back to you. Yeah. And that's how most other businesses operate. But as I feel like a solo entrepreneur, I'm really, now I'm better at it. But at the, at the beginning, I was really bad at setting those boundaries. And then I would just be furious all the time. It was full of so much resentment yeah. because I couldn't and, just say like, hey, I'll get back to you within tw like 24 hours. Yeah. And what's, what's important to you that's going to be able for you to give that full mental capacity mm -hmm. once you are doing it, like, you know, so you can clearly focus. And I think too, like what you were saying is there was that perception, whether it was an entrepreneur that was working all the time and was grinding or whether it was the way that you looked and it had to be a certain way. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like you've come a long way and a lot of people have been breaking those barriers and have been speaking out. And I think it was Arianne Huffington who was one of the first women to speak about she really drove herself to the ground and then mm -hmm. realized like sleep is so important and there's more and more studies that are coming out about sleep and for me like I won't I won't sacrifice my sleep like mm -hmm. I will sleep my eight hours because in my mind I've told myself this and I truly believe it is if I get my eight hours of sleep I will have like a way more productive day and I will be better for everyone I'm working with or for and just um produce better results which totally. at the end of the day is what I want and as a female it's extra important actually you're friends with Sunny yes I am yes. um I just recorded an episode with Sunny oh nice you guys probably you guys probably would have already heard <laughs> you know when you're batch recording and you're like I don't yes. know when is this one coming up <laughs> <laughs> um but we were bonding over um 
Alyssa Beattie, Alyssa Beattie's book about um, in the flow. Okay. You need I to need do more. Yeah. I just audiobook. Everyone thinks that I read so much. I don't. I just put it in my headphones and I okay, just that's gonna be my next <laughs> well after Obama, after the Obama book, I'm gonna read yeah. the audio. I'm gonna get the audio and then I'll get listen to that one. Yeah, it's perfect because you realize how much of our society is built off of a circadian clock, which is built around men. Mm-hmm. And you know, yet yes, we have a circadian clock, but it also our cycles 30 days. Yes. Yeah. So there's so much that goes on for us as women that all these studies are basically built around men and our bodies physically can't handle that stuff without going into full exhaustion. So here we are just trying to keep up with societal norms, but our bodies aren't meant to do that. And that's why women are like more likely to just be exhausted all the time. Yeah. We're built differently and totally differently. We need to be treated differently like our bodies are physiologically different but no one teaches us that I'm like I read this book when I'm 30 years old and I'm like how the hell have I not learned this absolutely for sure and you're like how is it yeah Yeah. I know it's really interesting and it is so cool that now that is becoming so much more apparent or that well that there's so much more focus on it and that Mm -hmm. there is that recognition um, but I think it's just, it'll take time for that to really like come into practice on a global scale. Totally. We just went down a rabbit hole. We talked to a business number two and now we're on like hormones. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Classic, classic. <laughs> well, not only did you start a second bit, you have three businesses right now, three that I publicly know of. Well, technically four, you have Bouge. Yep. You have, tell me if I'm pronouncing this right, because I always blur it into one word. Do it it, or is it do edit? Yes, it's do and do yeah. it. Because okay. it was hard to just get do.com. Um, yeah. And then we drop collections every month. So they're edits. So it's do edit. Oh, got it. Okay. At one point I was saying like, do it it, like you're doing it. And I was like, that's really catchy. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of people say it that way. And I'm like, yeah, I like it too. I'm like, what, whatever, however you want to yeah. say it. okay (laughs) and then you just recently launched spade and sparrows yes spade and sparrows um that was about a year and a half ago that one's just taking a little it just took a little longer to launch just obviously being in the liquor space it's just Mm -hmm. more regulations and yeah for those of you listening it's a wine wine brand yes wine brand and then you also okay maybe you have five you manage talent and influencers. So Cleo is Caitlin Bristow's manager. And then yeah. how big's your roster of other talent? So she, um, I would say she's my, like our main yeah. talent, um, just because I really focus on more like quality over quantity totally. and because we have so much going on that like we have do do together. We're co-founders and Spade and Sparrows. In terms of like rosters, like the other business is Podcast Nation. So it's a podcasting okay. agency. And then through there, we have different talent. So we have riled up with Ariel Vandenberg and Matt Kitchell. They're a really fun couple and great podcasts. If anyone wants a good laugh, um, we have Brandy Cyrus and Wells Adam. It's just like that type of yeah. is more in the lifestyle space. And yeah. um, that's really fun. And, and we work with them, but more on the podcasting side. Amazing. So I want to talk to people about how they can start looking at how they're going to build their empire. Mm, Yes. 
And it doesn't have to be five businesses like you're doing. I mean, that's amazing. I, I would recommend start with one. <laughs> start with one. <laughs> and here's the, here's the thing. There is another business that I started and I really like to talk about that one. It's Flock. So I I just had this, this um, curiosity, I guess, going back to being curious about the tech work. Like I really wanted to try something in the tech space. Mm-hmm. And I started it with one of my best friends, Nadine. She's now my co-founder at Podcast Nation. And we started a long distance ride sharing app. And we did that for about three years and it didn't, we ended up shutting it down. It didn't work. Hold on, wait, pause. Yes. I just had a flashback. Were you and I at the same dinner you were talking about this with Lewis House? Oh, yes. Yeah, that was that was in like at the in the inception of the flock days. Yes. Okay. Wow. I just had. You were with Sunny. Yes, that was oh my, all coming full circle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> that, that was, was such a random night. That re- and we ended up going salsa dancing, didn't we? Or, or no, I was, no, I yeah, I was shooting photos yeah. with Lewis. Yes. And then he was like, "I'm going to dinner with Sunny," and I didn't know who you guys were at the time. And then I met up with, I, I just, I guess, randomly showed up this dinner and then we were salsa dancing. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's good. Apparently Lewis loves to salsa dance and it was a random, I think it was a Monday or Tuesday night. Yeah. And we're in Vancouver, which is not a huge salsa dancing community. So, no. But we ended up finding the most random place. And I think that was one of the weirdest slash most fun nights <laughs> very random it was very fun in terms of Vancouver what Vancouver can offer in terms of nightlife (laughs) yes exactly and I love I always am up for an adventure so I'm like let's do this let's try to find something that is so funny keep going who are you kidding keep four that's better (laughs) welcome to this week's episode of unfiltered with Ali brought to you by spade and sparrows you might not have heard of it That's okay because I am literally introducing you to your new favorite wine. You're welcome. I first tried Spade and Sparrows just over a month ago and I'm telling you, I am freaking obsessed. Fell in love with the rosé, fell in love with the Pinot Grigio. You guys are going to love it. Spade and Sparrows was born from Caitlin Bristow's true passion for wine. And if you followed her since her days on The Bachelorette, you know that she loves to have a glass of wine in her hand. One of the reasons why she wanted to bring wine to market is because there wasn't a lot out there that was actually made for women. Most of the wine industry is still very much run by and marketed to men. We're not down with that, okay? So if you're looking for a good, easy drink in wine and you want to have a damn good time with your girlfriends, be sure to try the Spade and Sparrows Rosé and Pinot Grigio. I am telling you, you're going to love them. And of course, if you're more of a red drinker, they have two awesome red varietals. If you're in BC, like I am, you can head over to BC Liquor, Cactus Club Cafe, or Legends Hall. If you are living in another city in Canada, head to your local liquor store, see if they sell them there. And if they don't, you have to be like, hey, what are you doing? You have to bring Spade and Sparrows in. And if you are one of my friends down in the States, head over to Caitlin Bristow's website, check out the wine shop and place an order there. Okay. As soon as you said the ride sharing, I just had that flashback because I swear that's what you were talking about at dinner. Yes. And that like recently started it. And um, so now I just like, I feel like out of all the businesses I started, I learned the most from that. Like we ended up having to raise money. We were, Mm. I took a course on like public companies in case that were to happen. We had to do like presentations in front of 
um, so many people and that's something I'm super uncomfortable with and it really made me have to get out of my comfort zone because I feel like with the other businesses it's something that just for me feels way more natural and um, so I think that when you first start a company it's like not being afraid of failure because mm. once if you if you do end up failing you would be so surprised at how much you learned and I took all of those lessons into my other businesses and I I felt that bouge media, I was still doing bouge at the time. I looked at business differently and that's what, re- that's what really gave me that push and growth for, for bouge media. And it really was because of my failure at Flock. So it's really interesting. And I think if you can go into something, not being afraid of failing, that's already a really big hurdle. And of course, like there's circumstances and not everyone can afford. Like I, I started this while I was really young and I always knew that if things didn't work out, I could always move back home. And like, I definitely had a parachute, um, you know? So I think, um, but I think it, it's so much of it is your mindset. It's about yeah. how your outlook on starting something. Yeah. And I, I think if you're, as an entrepreneur, you're starting a business you have to be okay with failing. Yes. It's like, it's even beyond like the fear of failing. You have to be okay knowing that you're going to fuck up. You're going to get things wrong. There might be a few disasters. It's just, it's literally part of it, but those are the biggest and like the biggest lessons that you're going to get yeah. and gain because you likely won't make them twice. <laughs> It's so true. It's so true. And, and also one thing that, that you said that you have to be okay with failing, I think it's also, and maybe this isn't the the right thing to say, but I also think it's like, not everyone is meant to be an entrepreneur. And I think if you're really, really honest with yourself and the qualities that you have, then that's like a, also a really good starting point. It's like, mm-hmm. are you, do you get stressed really easily? Do you need to be a micromanager? Are you more of a um, getting tasks done instead of a visionary? Like all of those things, it's like, write all of those things down and really understand what you enjoy doing and who you are. And then there's, there are so many tests and quizzes and, and interviews that you can read and see if like, those are the qualities that make you be a good entrepreneur mm-hmm. because if it isn't natural to you and you're forcing it just because of this idea that you want to own your own business, yeah. if it doesn't come naturally to you and you don't have those qualities, then my guess is that that's not going to fulfill you because it's going to be the death of you. uphill battle. And it's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be what? As I said, the death of you. The like, death of you. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And so many people that I work with, like, they're like, I just that's so not me. Like, I don't know how you enjoy doing that. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, I'm like, that's crazy. Cause like, I don't know how you enjoy doing it. You do because, and like, that's <laughs> perfect because they're in a role that is so suited for their personality. And that's what yeah. makes them happy. So I also think it's like, don't be obsessed with this notion that being an entrepreneur is the be all and or the end all be all. And that that's, what's going to make you happiest yeah. because that's not the case. I feel like I, I sit in this purgatory of entrepreneurship because half of me is like, there's no chance you would catch me back in an office. Not going to do it. Yeah. Like I, I love the life that I built and I feel very happy doing this and it's a lot of work, but at the same time, my anxiety is so high. Yeah. Like I'm just, I have, I deal with like a lot, a lot, a lot of anxiety mm-hmm. and then I'll sit there on those really bad days. And I'm like, why do I do this to myself? 
why am I an entrepreneur? Why did like, why am I, it's kind of crazy when you think about it. Like when you can actually sit and go through scenarios, you're like, am I insane? Well, <laughs> like, why do I choose this path? <laughs> and what ends up being your conclusion? Like on those days that you are thinking that. I'm like, still not going back to an office. So it's so just. <laughs> you're, 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 yeah, true entrepreneur and you will take like the unknown and the risk and because it is so stressful and yeah. There's just different stresses in both different scenarios, but there are some days that I'm like, oh, like I really, really wonder what it would be like to take yeah. away like that, that stress and and yeah. just more of like set in a role. But usually when you're an entrepreneur and maybe I'm, I'm blanketing this, but I have my own ideas and I felt that every time my pattern was, why do I hate every single boss that I have? Like, why is every boss I have a fucking moron? And then it got to a point where I was like, mm, is it my boss or is it me? It's, and it probably can't be managed. I can't be managed. I, I don't think cannot, I can. <laughs> I can't. Someone would tell me what to do. And I was like, you have, when you're an entrepreneur, you have some sick kind of ego. Okay. <laughs> because someone would give you feedback or tell you what to do. And you're like, wrong. <laughs> Like, I I'm it. doing it this way. <laughs> it's so true. And that's yeah. actually, that's a, a, a hurdle that you need to deal totally with on a um, constant basis when you're an entrepreneur too, because mm -hmm. you end up building a team and you are like, okay, like you can't, you have to take a step back and you, if you're going to be successful, you need to listen to other totally. ideas. And, but it's, it's hard because I'm the same way. Like I really am stubborn. And when I think an idea is good, <laughs> it's really hard to change my mind. So that is a constant struggle for me in terms of yeah. be open-minded, listen to everything. So that's, I, I agree with you on that. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> but then, uh, well, okay. I was going to ask you too. Like, I think it's like, because interesting I've been hearing more and more about people being open and vulnerable about anxiety and their stress mm -hmm. level and do you think that that is correlated to you being an entrepreneur or do you think that that would also happen whether like you had another business mm -hmm. just like more maybe like you're being really hard on yourself or mm -hmm. like where do you yeah. think it stems from I've had it my whole life and I didn't really realize that I suffered from it. I just thought it was normal because I think back, like when I was 10, no one was talking to me about anxiety. Like I didn't, I literally didn't know what it was. And then I felt like it became this like, but you know, I don't want to say buzzword. I, I try and be very mindful of using that word, but mm -hmm. all of a sudden everyone had anxiety or everyone ha had this. And I started to look into the symptoms of it. And I was like, oh Yeah. I suffer from that really, really, really badly. Like not feeling like I can leave my house, going to a press event. If I go to an influencer event, I am like, oh my God, who's going to be there? Who am I going to talk to? I it's just, it's very, very overwhelming for me. And I really had to, I really got faced with it in 2016 um, when I realized I was having like pretty serious suicidal thoughts. Oh, no. And I was like, I don't think this is normal. I should probably call my parents. I'm from Toronto. So I like had to take a stress leave from work. I flew back to Toronto. I went on antidepressants at the time. And that's when I was like, okay, I think not. I think there's obviously something going on, my, on, on in my life that I can't manage. Yeah. 
And, you know, once I started to get educated on it and get the support and then change lifestyle and do all of that, it's been easier to manage and depression hasn't been so bad for me, but anxiety is just really, really high. And it's not something I want to go back. It's a personal choice. Not that I, I'm anti-medication, but mm-hmm. um, it's not something that I want to go back on the medication for. Yeah. So it definitely, I feel like given my choice of work right now is <laughs> heightened <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> well, and I'm sure this year when that is something that you're prone to like this year and I'm like, w- would you say that like the unknown is a big cause? Or, this year like, has been the worst. Oh, so you're just getting on a regular basis. Oh, and it's nonstop. Um, you know, we were kind of chatting about it before we started recording the podcast today, but I lost almost my whole business this year. I was set up to make, you know, this massive record money-making year that I could start investing into my business and hiring and building that out. And I watched every single client walk away one by one in the span of two months. And, you know, I went down to one client making two grand a month, no one knowing what, like I had, I couldn't, I wasn't able to take photos because we weren't able to be around each other. And it was just nonstop, nonstop, nonstop. And anxiety is the fear of the unknown. And here I am sitting, I'm like, holy shit. And I get, I get hit with it on every level. I get hit with it with my job. I get hit with it financially. I get hit with it, you know, your whole life's impacted. And then I found myself not really allowing myself to grieve or really work through it because I was kind of sitting on that, this little float that basically said, well, you're healthy. You still have your apartment, you have your dog and everyone's kind of going through it. So I felt like I was bottling it up a little bit because I just was like, okay, well, you're healthy and you're still here. Doesn't matter. Yeah. And I, well, I feel like the people were feeling guilty for feeling the things that they did because big time. there's always a worse case and that's big not time. healthy. It's like you can, regardless of what happens, like mm-hmm. it's just so important to grieve when you need to and to, to be true to those feelings for you. Totally. Because what, we're on like eight or nine months now? Yeah, I think and it's I, close to nine. Yeah, I really only opened up about that maybe a month ago. Wow. And so, so it was when, a lot. Well, when do you feel like what when do you feel like you started doing things that started helping you? Or or not I yet? think I just surrendered. Yeah. I was like, you know what, I'm gonna try my best and this will be a good segue into the next topic. Like choosing your rates as a freelancer is very hard. Yeah. But at the same time, I said, I'm not budging. I yeah. will not. I worked so hard. I'm, I know I'm so good at what I do. Yeah. I worked hard to get my rates. I mean, you know what photographers cost in the city and you probably know what a lot of people are undercutting and, you know, $1,500 for like your starting level point for a small brand business shoot. There's a lot of photographers charging way less than that. Yeah. But I worked hard to get to that level of knowing the the work that I was producing. And I said, do not play that game with any of your services where you start to discount what you do. And it's been really, really hard because I want to go into that mode of like, oh, I need, I need to do it for the money. I need, you know, like kind of playing in that scarcity mindset. And I'm proud of myself that I haven't Cause there are definitely times where I'm like, I feel like I'm in scarcity mode, but I haven't, I said, no, I would rather say no to clients that I'm not in alignment with than take something on for money. Mm. 
And I think as an entrepreneur, you know, how many times have you been burned by not listening to your gut? Oh, I mean, (laughs) now I know it's a, you got to listen to your gut. You really do. And if something keeps telling you, don't do it, don't do it. it, Don't do it. (laughs) Just don't do it. Yeah. And if I've ever gone against it, it's on like, ah, so that's why I was telling you not to do it. Mm -hmm. So I think it is really important to listen to your gut. And I think it's like you, you're creating your own strategy that really works for you and that you feel good about. And again, going back to the gut, like that's what's making you feel good about the decisions. And I also think it's, you have worked hard, you have experience, Mm -hmm. you have so much to offer, but that also allows you to put in the time and effort that you're going to need to create to provide the final product that you want to, you know? So a lot of times what happens is like, if people do undercut their prices, then they're just not going to do the same type of work because you don't take it as seriously. No. And you just are not getting paid for as many hours and this Mm -hmm. and that. And so I think that like this way you can always deliver exactly what you feel good about. Totally. Yeah. It's been, it's been a crazy year for a lot, a lot, a lot of self-discovery and a lot of questioning. There's been a lot of time to question, like, is this really, really, really what I want to do? Is this really the type of client that I want to be working with? Is this really the type of account management that I want to do? Do I want to be managing staff? Do I, there's, it it just came with all of these questions and obviously a lot of extra free time (laughs) to be like, okay, well, it was just really bad when I I couldn't travel. Like that's been my escape. I was going to say, do you feel like travel's your escape? Oh, it's my, I am like a classic, I, the irony of me saying I'm a runner. I like to run away from my problems. It's the only cardio I do. It's not, <laughs> not actually running, <laughs> but travel is always, as soon as something goes wrong, I'm like, oh, okay, I'll just hop on a flight to whatever. Oh, I'll just move to another city. I don't. I know so many people that are like that as well, because mm-hmm. it's like changing the pattern and changing your focus. Mm-hmm. And so I think that COVID has taken that away from a lot of people, mm-hmm. which is interesting because then you really start to see how you cope with things. And that's when you have to really look internally yeah. and, and ask yourselves those hard questions and then see what those answers end up coming because it's just you and your thoughts. And like, you know, there's just like, not only has COVID has just made it so that you have so much more time with just yourself. Mm-hmm. Like it's taken that social component out as well. So it's like travel and social and interacting with people. So I think that it's the first time for so many people that are, that are just with themselves and their thoughts. Like yeah. I know that happened to me for sure. And it's, it was just very, a very different space for me to be in. Yeah. I hope that there was one thing that people got from all this time apart, like time alone was to actually realize that you're so like insignificantly small, like you as a person, like compared to the entire earth, like you're so tiny. Yeah. But at the same time, the weight of everybody else on us is so heavy. It's like you always, at least for me, have this anxiety of like, everyone's watching what I do. Everyone cares. Like, like I care about what everyone else thinks of me people are going to see if I fail you have that worry about like the whole world's watching you and everyone's just dealing with their own shit and trying to figure out their own stuff 
I don't know if, do you watch The Bachelorette? Of course. <laughs> of course. Okay. So, did you watch the episode last night? I did. I, oh, you did it. Okay. I don't know. Cause you were saying. No, that. I did. I did. Oh, you did. You did. I did. Oh yeah. I couldn't believe it. Like, yes, like it really hit me yesterday because it was the one, um, this is the episode where they had the, the date and they had to um, paint the the two people, the good people. And then they got into art and they were expressing themselves and they one by one were telling their story and it was heavy. Like every single one of them had such a crazy story and there's mm-hmm. so much depth and pain and experience behind it. And I remember I'm like, for watching The Bachelorette, I got deep and my boyfriend was watching too. And I was like, wow, everyone really has their their own shit that they're dealing with. Mm-hmm. And it's so important to remember that because it's so easy to watch the show and be like, oh, this guy's annoying. Oh my God, this guy doesn't know mm-hmm. how to open up. Oh, okay. Like he's just, you know, it's just like, and you catch yourself and I hate that. And and then you hear the story and you're like, wow, like everyone is doing the best that they can. And I think it's just like, we got trained to be in a world like social media where it's so easy to judge. And I think that I really hope that that's something that just starts changing because I think people are now realizing how much everyone is going through and, yeah. and that, that you can't, that you, you can't just assume things or just look at social media stories and reels and think you have their life figured out. Totally. So I went on a bachelorette tangent. That's okay. <laughs> I was like, I mean, like, I don't have anything after this. So it starts going down. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what, what, what you think about doing right now. <laughs> that's so funny. I know. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> the funny thing about being your own boss is that everyone's like, I'm going to be my own boss and then I'm not going to have a boss. That is wrong. You oh. are going to have 90 bosses. <laughs> yep. And just so you know, you are now every single position in your company. Yeah. From like the CEO to the janitor. <laughs> You're and that's why it goes back to finding your passion and doing something that you love. And I think another thing about that, because it's so true, like when you have to put on your janitor hat, you are probably telling yourself, oh, I shouldn't be doing this. Oh, I can't wait for someone else to do this. Oh, this and that. But it's like, those are the important pillars that make your company. And to understand every role is so valuable. And not everyone gets that luxury. Sometimes, you know, you get thrown in as a CEO position or you have funding and you get to the top and you have people doing all those things. But to be able to be the one answering those customer service emails and then you know emailing fulfillment and figuring that out like to understand all of those parts so it's look at it as a luxury to be able to mm-hmm. to be the janitor at the same time as the ceo because you'll be able to have such a stronger foundation yeah totally okay so we figured out that you have the exact same amount of hours in your day as beyonce and you have like 16 companies <laughs> oh my god so- <laughs> I, the, the girls at the office uh I think it was on my birthday they're like what do you dare Cleo not to do and they're like we dare her not to start another business so yeah. I'm really for that. <laughs> that's a good goal for 2021 start yeah. no business <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> but for people listening just some thoughts to leave them with let's say 2021, they're looking to finally take the leap. They want to start their business. What are three things you wish you knew before you started 40 companies? 
the number keeps getting higher and higher. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm like, oh, wow, okay. <laughs> I think the first one is, um, which I learned and applied to other businesses, again, going back to like the proof of concept. So just understanding what is that, that bare minimum that you can do at a low cost and not take up too much time and prove your concept and whether that's you know putting together like a cheap website and putting up three different SKUs like let's say it's in product or e-com mm-hmm. and putting it out there to friends and asking surveys and seeing if there's traction I feel like that gives you a really good starting point and as an example, like for Flock, we thought we need to create the app right away. And in retrospect, we so wish we had just gone with a concept, uh, sorry, mm-hmm. with a website that would have cost us three to five grand instead of an app that was 200K, you know, mm-hmm. and um, we would have learned a lot. So I think trying to prove your concept. Um, the second one would be to be very clear on your brand ethos and why you're starting a company so understanding what the values of those companies are and making decisions from day one based on that Mm -hmm. because it'll make your your journey I think much easier and your messaging more concise totally and I'm gonna pause you actually on that one because yeah when I was prepping for this I was like oh I kind of want to talk to her about this I kind of want to talk to her about something else so let's just add this that let's just add this in now because the importance of this piece of advice that you're giving is so, 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 so high. There are so many people that think they need to like building a brand is like, let me just pick my typography and my logo and my colors. And then like, I have a brand. And when I work with my clients or I work with people on building their business, I kind of relate it to like a, a, a house frame, you know, you're not just buying the decorations or your furniture for your house until it's built. And it's similar to like building a brand. It's like, who are you and why do you exist? And that's building out like your vision, your values, your mantras, like all of that stuff before you even start decorating. Absolutely. And it, it, you'd be, you will be shocked once that you have that mantra, mantra <laughs> and the, those values it will be shocking at how much those come into play for every decision that you make. Everything. Yeah. If you think about it, like example to like expand on that, like if you're like, I'm going to be, you know, I really want to be mm eco-friendly. Well, that's going to include like packaging product, uh, brands that you collaborate with, like all of those things end up having to circle back to that. Because if you, if you try to go back later, it's a lot harder so hard so yeah that's such a massive massive takeaway is please actually put in the effort do not hire someone to do your branding that is making you a pretty brand board that is not doing your branding no you gotta get deep you gotta (laughs) get deep in there and like understand like what it takes yeah months absolutely and yes don't rush it do not rush it no and then it gets me to the third part and you actually it's funny because you're saying hi I think like hire slow fire fast and I think (laughs) especially when you're a small business it's so important who you work with and I would get very excited and I get I I like someone and I'm like I feel so good about them they're so nice and all it's you know now it's like 
checking up on references, asking them to send writing examples if, if mm-hmm. they're, uh, you know, if they're um, applying for a copywriting role, like look at their social media, see if like, yeah. if they understand social media. Like for me, it's like, if someone can, knows how to post on their own social media and have tried things, it means that they'll probably be able to take it a step further. Like, that oh, drives like- me nuts. I'm sorry, this is going to sound like <laughs> shit talking, but I will come across people's page and it's like, I help brands do this. And I'm like, do you do the same thing as you're doing on your page right now? Because my mind is blown. <laughs> yeah, it's like, absolutely. It's like you, you're your, your representation of what you can do. Yeah, wild. Yeah, I think you should start another company. You should put that saying on a mug. <laughs> <laughs> higher slow fire fast <laughs> I know and it sucks like firing people but also what you realize is if there's a bad apple it can really really mm-hmm. start leaking in within the organization or the company that the teams and that mm-hmm. can be so detrimental to your team totally I love that okay so where can people find you let us know what you're working on where they can connect Okay, so uh, they can, my Instagram person, I mean, that one's not that exciting. It's at Cleo Delayave, my name, but, um, and then Bouge Media has its own Twitter, uh, sorry, its own Instagram at Bouge Media. Do is at Do Edit and Spade and Sparrows is at Spade and Sparrows. Um, and what am I, we're actually very excited announcing it today. Did a collaboration with Lizay. Uh, so they're, I'm actually wearing the pants right now. I'm just obsessed with, do you know Lizay? Yeah, I was in their first photo shoot. Oh, it was actually a little bit of a funny mix up because they're like, oh, we want you to be in the shoot. And I thought I was taking the photos. Like, no, we want you to be in it. I was like, ooh, this is awkward. (laughs) Oh, you're smart. I would too. Give me those blues over here. (laughs) But the pants are so comfy. The what? The, The pants, like the clothes are so comfy. They're in, they're so comfortable. They don't yeah. look They're professional. Like on Zoom, I actually am not wearing the top right now because I've been wearing the top and bottom every day. And my boyfriend is like, please wear something else. <laughs> but it's just like professional. <laughs> totally. And, um, so I did a collaboration with Erin Trelore from Raw Beauty Talks. And it's all about being soul sisters and finding friends that really support you, which I think is just so meaningful because as you know, as an entrepreneur and a businesswoman, like it's really nice to have that great support of people mm-hmm. that are always encouraging you, sharing your successes, and that makes the journey so much more fun. So those I launched today, and mm-hmm. uh, and actually we also launched a Spade and Sparrows and do holiday gift pack for the first time ever. So that's oh kind of gosh. that's that's my day today. <laughs> Amazing! I will link everything in the show notes. Cleo, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. Ali, thank you. I was so excited when you asked me. So thank you for having me on as your guest. No problem. (laughs) Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Unfiltered with Ali. Just a friendly reminder that I have two episodes that drop every single week for you on Tuesdays and on Fridays. And if you like what you heard, please be sure to subscribe. And of course, leave me a review. I love hearing what you guys think of the episodes. Lastly, be sure to connect with me over on Instagram at at unfiltered with Ali. You'll be able to access a ton of extra content from each of the episodes, slide into my DMs, and you can find the link for my free online community. This is designed for inspiring, badass women all around the world. I can't wait to chat with you next week. See you then.